BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always Always Use your head. You are now listening to Chair Shot Radio. Always use your head. Welcome to a very exciting part of the program right now here on the Greg DeMarco Show with Greg DeMarco and Patrick Dowd. We get to welcome in a returning guest of the program, man who was with us back last year in June. And that is, of course, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. Adam, thank you so much for joining us a second time. Boys, glad to be back. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. Any, anytime at all. And we last welcomed you back in June. Eight months ago, you had just announced the, the One Last Ride Tour after getting right. the doctor's prognosis on your injuries. So kind of let everybody know how you're doing physically at this point in time. You know, man, I couldn't be happier, actually. Uh, holding up far better than I actually thought I would. And uh, knock on wood, obviously, now that I said that, I'll get hit by a car or something. But um, <laughs> in the ring, man, at a, at a very, very rapid pace, if you've kept up with my schedule, you can see that I'm all over the place, which is a blessing, both to my uh, wrestling psyche and my checkbook. My wife is very happy about that. But <laughs> to, to, to be really blunt, I am 100% in a, uh, a physical state that I didn't expect to be in. And of course, I still have some lingering nerve issues, and probably will until I uh, until I pass from this wonderful existence. But all in all, I'm about uh, I don't know 97 percent of what I used to be. And, and in terms of shape, I'm probably in better shape today than I have been in 15 years. So I've got a lot to be very, very proud and, and thankful for. So any any apprehension when you first step back into the ring after all that all the, all the doctor's notes and, and prognosis on you and everything. Oh, certainly. I mean, I think uh, it's funny when I look back at the first time I actually took a bump once the doctors figured out that I was going to come back and wrestle whether or not they wanted me to. Um, you know, there's a training camp about 15 minutes north of me here in San Diego in a town called Escondido. So-called pro wrestling has, has their own uh, camp and their own school there. And from time to time, they let me borrow the ring. And during that period of time when I was just getting ready to get back in there, um, I would go in there and the, the students would be in there training, and, and I don't know if they were more intimidated by me being in there or, or, or me with them, but that first bump, I remember laying there for probably a good 30 to 45 seconds, and I'm not sure exactly what I was waiting for, but probably waiting to either see, you know, did I feel it? Because I was having so many so many problems with numbness, particularly on the right side of my upper body, that I didn't know what to expect, and, and uh, in the end it felt like a bump is supposed to feel, and here we are. Well, it's great to hear that you're doing so well physically. 
Uh, and, you know, the start of this tour is called One Last Ride. And, and right. we were talking about this before the show started, One Last Ride. Even that has to end at some point. Sure. So you you stated previously that 2012 was going to be your last year in wrestling. Is that still the case? Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't jumped off of that. And uh, as we get along here, obviously we're two months into 2012, and, and my schedule is going great. And I'm sure that if I wanted to drag it out for, you know, for forever, I probably could on some level. But the reality is, <clears throat> you know, unless something considerable happens or some kind of job offer comes along that I simply can't pass up, I'm, I'm looking to, to leave wrestling on probably the highest note that I'll be able to achieve. And, and I really honestly and realistically don't see that lasting much longer in 2012. So looking at the tour and how it's gone, has this met your expectations of what you envisioned when when you first started the One Last Ride tour? You first started booking it. That's blown me away, man. It's, it's gone above and beyond anything that I could have hoped for, uh, and I think that's a credit to the promoters and, and the people that I've worked with in the past coming together and kind of supporting me as they knew I wanted to give back to, to some people that had given so much to me over the last 16 and a half years. And the promotions that I had never worked for who were kind of jumping on that bandwagon and maybe trying to get me in before I was gone, uh, it's just been a, a humongous blessing for me personally and professionally uh, to be as busy as I am now. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think about it. I'm wrestling more now than I did when I was with Ring of Honor full-time or at any other point during the last 16 years. And, and I certainly didn't envision that. So is there any place left that you really want to wrestle but haven't been able to book yet? Um, you know, it'd be nice, and I guess, and this would be nitpicking, but it'd be nice to go back to Japan one more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I was there was in '05 for New Japan, and it'd be nice to go back one more time. I'm not particularly fond, necessarily, of the Japanese style, but that said, the, the training that I received over there at the New Japan Dojo and the experiences just culturally uh, are something I'd like to go back and experience one more time. But other than that, man, it's been insane. And Here in a couple of weeks, I leave for Australia for a couple of weeks, and then I'm at the end of the month in March back in Canada for a week and, and probably in Mexico for a week in between those. So it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's a good crazy. So as, as part of your tenure uh, with, with Ring of Honor, you got to work with, and even at some point, uh, you know, book, guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And when you see them now, uh, you know, pretty much at the top of the business, both right. the top champions in WWE and getting ready to, to go on over to WrestleMania and, and have the two big title matches there. How does it make you feel seeing those two guys that you've worked so hard with and, and really side-by-side side with, one of which came out of the same area that you did, uh, and, and now coming up there on, on the biggest stage possible, at least in this business? Yeah, there's a, there's a humongous sense of pride, and, and in particular in Punk's situation, having been so closely knit with him at the beginning of his career, and, and you know I've often said this, I was there for their very, both him and Cabana's very first days in a wrestling ring, being professionally trained, and shared a lot of early experiences with those two in particular. Uh, you know when they first started traveling, so just to see how they've changed and and come along as pro wrestlers. And just to 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 kind of live vicariously through their experiences is something that's extremely gratifying. And Brian, I mean, I don't think anybody ever doubted that Punk would get to where he's at. And, and not saying one doubted Brian either, but I think people had reservations as to what WWE would do with him and and his obviously unique and impressive skill set. And I'm glad that they're they're giving him a chance to shine, and, and in particular as a heel. Nothing but respect for either one of them. Uh, love Punk to death, always will, and uh, extremely proud of the both of them. 
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Hello everyone! Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time, Welcome to WrestleMania! Hey folks, PC Tony here. Make sure you're checking out Mania Madness every Friday afternoon on TheChairShot.com. Christopher Platt and a rotating list of guests go through every WrestleMania one six-pack at a time. Check it out every Friday only on the ChairShot Radio Network. Excellent. Of course, everybody's listening to The Greg DeMarco Show with Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd, presented by com, streaming worldwide on the Voice of Choice Nation at VOCNation.com. And uh, we want to talk about something that recently happened uh, at the last NWA Hollywood tapings in Glendale, California. Uh, you shocked a lot of people. You teamed with, with, with longtime friend and rival Cole Cabana as you took on Eric Watts and Cedric the Hitman. Uh, and your win, you won five minutes with, with their manager, Stu Stone. Uh, and, and you guys had been at odds for quite a while, especially since you regained the championship. But you didn't take full advantage of that five minutes. Instead, you uh, took the opportunity to attack your partner uh, and the man that beat you uh, for the NBA World Heavyweight Championship almost exactly one year ago, being Colt Cabana. So, uh, so kind of tell everybody, you know, why you did what you did. Well, I mean, I think uh, anybody who knows me knows that when Cabana won the World Championship from me back in March of 2011. And, and I didn't get the opportunity for a rematch, that that left one humongous, unfinished business, as they say, on the table. And uh, now we understand what One Last Ride really is all about. Uh, it's taken on a, a different turn and something that I think uh, is going to probably be the culmination of my wrestling career. I'm on a mission right now to take Cole Cabana out of the National Wrestling Alliance and to right the wrongs that I feel like he's perpetrated over the past year or so, and, and basically I'm here to get my win back. And like you said, I've known him honestly and legitimately since we were both teenagers, and I think at the end of the day he'll go down probably as my most hated rival and uh, probably also my most loved, if that makes any sense. But as they say, all's fair in love and war, and uh, we're in the middle of both of those, and, and we will be until it's done. So you so say I, until it's oh, done. What, what is your vision of, of, of when it's done for Colt Cabana? Uh, in terms of the National Wrestling Alliance and NWA Highwood, the, the 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 brand is not big enough for the both of us, in my opinion. So I think either I'm going to beat Cole Cabana into submission to the point where he's going to go on to greener pastures, or he's going to put me in a hospital bed, and that'll be the end of my wrestling career. But one way or another, uh, it, it's got to come to a head, and, and I'm taking the onus. Enough of the of the happy playtime. Uh, he knows exactly where I stand in terms of what I felt like he took from me. I got in a ring with that man in March of, of 2011, uh, half of what I should have been with doctors telling me that I shouldn't even been in there. The NWA forced me to put the title on the line. Everybody knows what happened. And uh, he captured that championship from me. And I think if he was a man, he would have stepped aside and said, let me do this the right way. If I can beat Pierce, let me beat Pierce at 100%. Uh, let's not beat Pierce, who probably should be in a wheelchair and a month before the match, literally was in a hospital for a week, unable to feel a large part of the right side of his body. Um, you know, that's not a champion. That's that's a punk. 
Wow. So is there any animosity that stems out of the fact that he wasn't still champion when you came back? And, and did you did you kind of view that as a missed opportunity? Even though you got your belt back, you didn't get it back from the guy that beat you for it. Well, that's exactly what it's all about. I didn't get the opportunity at revenge or retribution. I mean, simply put, like I said, if I, a man, a man, and I, and I would like to think that Caban was a man, but obviously I was wrong, could have simply said to the board of directors of the NWA, Yes, I've earned this title shot against Adam Pierce. Yes, I want it. Yes, I want to be the champion. But at this at this point, especially with the way I was injured, that's not the way to do it. And I don't know that he can look in the mirror and be proud of himself, but I'm certainly not. And on top of that, six weeks later, he lost the belt anyway to somebody who had no business being champion to begin with. So uh, a lot of unfinished business, and uh, I'm here to finish it. And then why did you choose to align yourself with, with a guy like Stu Stone then as part of that process? And, of course, by, by default, Eric Watts and Cedric the Hitman. It's simple, man. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, period. It was a means to an end. It was an opportunity to get myself in a position to take Hulk Cabana when he was most vulnerable and let him know that even though he checked, took the championship from me, that he was never the better man. He's not as smart as I am. He's not as cunning as I am. He's certainly not He's not the lover I am. I mean, you can ask women. Don't ask men. You might not like the answer they give you. That's awesome. So you know we're um, actually it's it's really great to see um, this already starting up. There's some great stuff out there uh, already on YouTube um, talking about the war beginning again and all that. And we want to see how this plays out. Uh, but for you, Adam Pierce, how do you envision the end of your career? If you could if you could go out anyway, how's it going to be? That's a great question. Um... I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's so much left to do, and uh, I've kind of, since you know, go, since signing with Ring of Honor 2005 and working with them full time for for really about five straight years, not having the opportunity to explore any other avenues, and I guess probably the only two in this country that um, are any higher than that would be WWE and TNA. It, it would be nice to to test those waters. And and see, uh, maybe not even necessarily as a wrestler per se, but uh, to be involved on that level in this business. And I certainly feel like that I have a, a unique skill set from a, from a wrestler standpoint, and, and some of the other things that I've done in the business outside of the actual in ring nuts and bolts wrestling. Uh, it'd be nice to 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 apply my trade on that level. And uh, I don't know how realistic that is at this point, but th- that would be, I think, the the one last kind of goal that I would have. And uh, it, it'd be great if at some point during this year we could uh, find a way to do that. And, and I can tell you from, from at least our end, we, we hope to see that happen for you. Uh, we asked you this in June, uh, but we wanted to hear it again hear it again from you now, now that you're a few months into this this last ride. What do you think your legacy is right now, and what do you want it to be? When you, you know, that's you guys always you guys ask the good questions. Um, and I've always been a believer that legacies are, are best left written by the fans that experience the performances. But I think in a perfect world, if in in just kind of seeing how things are unfolding, because obviously I'm not stupid and I have access to the internet and, and information like anybody else does. But I would think that probably my my wrestling persona will be mostly. Um, you know, related and characterized as as an NWA affiliate. You know what I mean? As champion four times, I think that says a lot about what the National Wrestling Alliance thinks of me as a performer. 
and to invest the kind of time and, and effort that I have in trying to bring that championship, that 10 pounds of gold, the iconic wrestling championship in our country, to, to a respectable level of exposure and, and educate wrestling fans of today who, quite frankly, most of them, you know, the 18 to 35 demographic in particular, I mean, unless you're, you know, upper 20s, you really probably don't even know what the National Wrestling Alliance was or is today. Only the most diehard fans are, are in tune with it as it is anyway. So uh, I would like to think that I will probably be remembered as as someone who fought the charges of the National Wrestling Alliance, and I certainly hope that uh, respect is given in that regard. I've, I've tried to portray the brand, and in particular that championship, the same way my predecessors have. Uh, as a traveling champion, I don't think you can call on anybody in the last 20 years, really, that's been out there toting that 10 pounds of gold around as much as I have. Uh, and no disrespect to the guys who held it in TNA, but, um, you know, I'm out there crazy. It's it's insane, but, you know, it's, it's exactly the, what Jack Briscoe and Harley Race and, and Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair did in the 70s and early 80s, and I'm proud to say that I do that today in 2012. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com Yeah, you really are bringing back the, the old old spirit of the belt, which I think is great. Now, I want to talk about a completely unrelated topic, and that, that was a, a day you got to spend uh, in, in Waukegan, Illinois, at Carmen Buckner Elementary School. And it's something that, that when you have had a chance to speak about it or write about it, it just seems to really have hit home with you. Tell us about what you got to do on that day at that elementary school and what it meant for you. You must be psychic because actually, as we talk, I am signing 8x10s. Um, Carmen Buckner Elementary School, as you said, Waukegan, which is where I grew up, Waukegan, Illinois, about 30 minutes north of the city of Chicago, and, and uh, a place that, that I'll always call home. Uh, anyway, they, they had uh, an art contest. It was put together by the city of Waukegan's public school district, 60, and a company called Preferred Meal Systems, which basically is an advocate and a, and a company that provides public school lunches to communities who can't afford them. And Waukegan has always kind of been, uh, you know, I don't want to say um, downtrodden, but there, there are parts of Waukegan, Illinois, that you really don't want to be in. And unfortunately, there are children and families that live in these parts of towns who can't afford food and uh, clothing, much less shelter. And I had the opportunity to speak with the fourth and fifth graders at Carmen Buckner Elementary School and as part of this program, which was called Healthier Foods for a Healthier Mean. It was basically, uh, you know, an education platform trying to teach these children how to live uh, in within their means and in their school and, and how to uh, be healthy, both nutritionally speaking and how that translates into schoolwork and how that translates into life. And I think to to be asked to come back to Waukegan and speak to the these students, of which there are probably about four or five hundred, and some of those kids were homeless, uh, blew my mind. It really did. And uh, I had a small part in what these administrators and these teachers are doing for these these kids on a daily basis. And just to to go there and bring the title belt and look at their art and talk to them about, you know, life uh, is probably. Actually, no, it's not probably. It, it is the single most humbling experience of my life. 
you know, as I look back on things, is, is one of the, the uh, I don't know, one of the, the, the proudest moments I think I'll ever have, wrestling or otherwise. And uh, it was a blessing, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Well, we appreciate you sharing that with us, and I know how much it meant to you. It's something that, even without asking you, you could just tell uh, as a person writes about something or posts about something in, in the world that we live in now with social media the way it is. So bring everybody up to speed. Where, where are you going next? I know you're getting ready to go to Australia. What's the current schedule look like right now for everybody so they can see if, if they're in the area, they can have a chance to see you before you retire? And this Friday, I hop on a jet plane, and we'll be actually in Waukegan early Saturday morning gearing up for a big event in Elko Village, which is, again, just outside the city of Chicago for Powell Entertainment. It's called Slam Fest. They put it on every year. Eight big matches, all of which are inside of a steel cage where I'll be taking on uh, someone that I dealt with in, in the past uh, at, at their big event back in November, uh, a guy named Chris Cairo, me and him for the NW World title on Saturday in Chicago. You can find information on that on my Facebook and whatnot. And then, like you said, a week later than that, I'm, I'm on a plane ready for Australia for a 10-day tour going to be great. I have never been to Australia. I'm very excited about it. You got a list of, of uh, events lined up there and a couple seminars, which I really enjoy doing these days. And then after that, it's probably a week in Mexico and then confirmed another week and a half in Canada after that. So anyone in the United States looking to see me in March is probably going to have slim pickings. <laughs> so big international month, big international month in March. And where can be in March and where can people find you? Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. The Twitter, which uh, you'll find my ramblings, some funny, some not so funny, some inane, but they're all mine. It's at ScrapDaddyAP, and then on Facebook, ScrapIronPierce, you get to see all my stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, good luck in all your travels. I I know traveling is is a necessary evil in the business sometimes. It can be a pain, but obviously the payoff is worth it when you get to see a country like Australia, uh, a continent that you've never been to before. So congratulations to you for that. Congratulations on this, this worldwide tour which has just been amazing and I'm glad you're able to do it and I'm glad that people stepped up in such a response to the fact that this is going to be the end of your career I think it's well deserved and we look forward to hearing how the whole thing ends up and uh, and hopefully big things after that for you because I think that uh, if that was it for you in the business that would be a travesty so I look forward to hearing exactly what, what you end up doing after all that is over stay tuned we have only just begun Less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less bark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart, and baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.